Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We are now concluding our series on GPT and all things about artificial intelligence with Jamie Wadley. And this week, in the conclusion, we're looking at where to from here. Just quickly while you were talking, was looking at my news feed to see if I could give you some examples because I did notice one morning when I opened the news feed that... It, 10 of the 12 articles that were in the news feed were negative headlines about GPT in some fashion. So obviously there's going to be detractors, there's going to be fear-mongering, there's going to be um, panic-driven non-acceptance of the technology. What can you offer in terms of your experience about integrating it into an organisation, into a business of any kind? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it? Does I, it come I, with a rider? Oh, I think everything comes with a rider, but to me, you'd be foolish not to use it, point blank. What it is, is a far better way to research, a far better way to produce the sort of text that a lot of people in all sorts of jobs or businesses have to generate on a regular basis, whether it be an email, whether it be reports, things we've already mentioned. But it can really give you a chance from not being the originator, but being the person who is the editor, who can take a 80 or 90% complete bit of text and give it a tweak here and there and have it available to you in minutes not hours and I think that is valuable to anyone It's interesting because as I asked the question I was thinking that Fuliana and I were in an organisation together when word processing was implemented and the first people to get computers that were word processing capable were a group that had a special room made for them and all they did was produce contracts. And so contracts had previously been typed up by the typists. We had a typist controller who doled out the resources to each of the areas for typing. And for, a, I think, probably another three or four years, the typists were still part of the organisation, a big organisation. And there was this one group of word processing people who produced the contracts, the construction contracts, because it was a long document it was laborious to type out and suddenly they could have a template and it wasn't overall an accepted form of producing the contract even though it was just a document but it took that three or four years before suddenly everyone else was able to have a word processing program on the computer that was on their desk and previously the computers on the desk had been for very specialised either project-related programs or or financial programs so it was excel or whatever the the previous version of excel was before it became a a windows product but that implementation we're talking 40 years ago that was a big deal then and it all it did was make a tedious repetitive boring job more efficient Are we looking at that kind of change or are we looking at a paradigm shift in the way we do work? 
I think a lot of what we've talked about already has been looking at the improvements to take the mundane out of what we might do on a regular basis. And it's certainly very good at that, but it is in no way limited to that. It is a tool I use for brainstorming, um, initiate ideas that might be, what's a good name I can use for this new product I'm thinking of? What can we say about it? How can we write to people who may be interested in it and and use it really as a a thinking partner which I think is far more powerful than anything we've ever had in the past and as far as being what I'd call a game changer it's bigger than the iPhone was when it came out as a as a agent for change I think it's bigger than the internet when it first hit the scene I think we're really going to see something that is going to change how we operate, what we do and how we think in ways we can't even begin to imagine. So is it for every industry? I think so. What industry can afford to remain less smart than their competition? When you've got an expert you can call in or if you are very good at what you do, would there be times when you reach a point where you think, I wish I had a bit more information about this or I wish I had someone I could bounce these ideas off or ask this question about to make sure that I'm getting it as right as I can? And effectively now we've got something that is very close to that. And will it take people's jobs? Absolutely. But... In the same way, agriculture changed and become far more mechanised. There were people losing their jobs by the thousand. In the same way, in telecommunications, as the switchboard operator exactly. disappeared exactly. out of organisations, the typist disappeared and became something else. You know, there, there are other opportunities available. It's not that a job is lost so much as the mechanism for carrying out tasks changes. I'll go out on a bit of a limb here, and it'll be interesting to see if this makes it through to the podcast. I think it will create vast amounts of redundancy for the most mundane of the tasks that we perform now in our jobs. And whether that's good or bad, I think it's going to be a fact of life. And the way these systems are accelerating, there won't be much that they can't do. As I said, one of the myself on was writing copy and I still do but now I have uh, an associate, a partner who is more than willing to share its ideas with me and help what I do be far more efficient than I ever was so I'm not concerned about it taking my job I see it only as a boon to what I do but I think it's going to have a dramatic effect on the whole landscape of how people work and how they're employed and some people are going to get hurt by it Would it then be a good idea for those of people who are listening who are feeling concern about their role and their uptake of this technology is to do for themselves a SWOT analysis about the tasks that they do now, about the job that they're in now or about the organisation that they're in now or the the project or the area that they're in now and do the SWOT analysis and look in terms of introducing GPT or it being introduced into their organisation and see where they sit. And particularly I'm thinking in terms of opportunities, you know, they are probably best placed to see opportunities in their work that they hadn't thought about being able to use a resource for that essentially at its base level is free. 
they're just going to put some time into making it work. So do they do the SWOT analysis? Do they look at their, their strengths in their job, their weaknesses, and see what opportunities are there? And, and the threat being that someone external will come in and say, no, it's all going to be done this way, which is the case in any job anyway. So if they looked for themselves at what they're doing and they were doing this SWOT analysis for their role, could they access GPT, give it a prompt and say, this is the, the job I do now, what are the, the strengths, the, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats? Shaking his head at me. I obviously asked the question too long, too wordy. So should people do a SWOT analysis on their jobs using GPT? I, I, I dare say you could use it to do a SWOT analysis, but if you go to the trouble of writing out all the things that you do, you'll probably formulate in your head which ones are your strengths and which ones are your weaknesses. Maybe what you should use the AI for is working out how you can have it bolster those weaknesses or indeed take them away based on what it can do and have it accentuate your strengths rather than have it do the heavy lifting for you. I think, yeah, the SWOT analysis is probably a good thing for us all to do once a year, you know, once every couple of years or so to see where we are. But I think at the moment we're at a, we're at a pivotal point where something has come out of the gate that I personally didn't think we'd see anything the like of for decades, but it's here to stay, rest assured. You can either use it to help you ride the wave of the AI and artificial intelligence that is definitely coming, or it will wash over you and crush you. So that's a nice segue yet again. You're doing well, <laughs> keeping me on topic without Fuliana being here. In terms of the future, where are we headed? Short term? longer term? We've discussed in part the ever-expanding capacity. I'm eager to see what they're capable of, but I'm on the horns of dilemma about what these things will be able to do. Many people who are interested in, in AI would already be familiar with the term AGI of artificial general intelligence. That's a point where it's a lot of people say, but will it be sentient? Yeah, will it be? Will it have consciousness? It really doesn't come into this equation. But if these things get to the stage where they're as smart as you or I, and they have the capacity where they can self-improve, it will go from being something that's as smart as us to something that's being that is hundreds, thousands, millions of times smarter than us. And really, I don't think the sky's the limit. It could well be the best thing that's ever happened to the human race because we will have something that is smarter than us to help us make the hard decisions. It's, it's things like climate change will be addressed and solved. It's things that perhaps many of the questions that we struggle with and have struggled with as a species for for thousands of years will be solved but it's a question of whether we're ready to have something come along that is going to replace us on the top of the pyramid of the smartest entity on the planet and it's it can be scary you know I've thought about it long and I've thought about it hard for years but now that I actually use a tool that is artificial intelligence and is only getting better 
it's hard to say where it'll go. In short term, it will become a much more powerful tool than it is and far more capable it is. And once again, that'll, that'll increase my hours per hour capacity. Let me do the things I don't like doing because I can almost hand over directly to it to take care of those things. But in time, it will become, it will be for all intents and purposes, an artificially, uh, an alien intelligence, if you like. Will it think like we do? Maybe it will, but it hasn't had the same history as we've had. You know, we think the way we do our morals are what they are, our ethics are what they are, based on us having to survive as a species. And learn to live together in groups and villages to survive. Whereas artificial intelligence is something that wouldn't have had the same, obviously the same experience to get where it is. It'll have a complete different set of internal rules and regulations and whether they coincide with ours or not is one of the burning questions of the, of the 2020s, I should imagine. Well, that's certainly given us some philosophical view to ponder as we reflect on what we've talked about I think we might call it quits for this particular conversation. I will encourage you listeners, if you do have questions that you would like answered, to send those in to us and we will send them on to Jamie and he can perhaps come in for another session and answer some of the questions that you've had. I do thank him for his in-depth analysis and sharing of his expertise and experience. For now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.